0: Welcome to the FPC Thomasville podcast. We believe human life has a designer, so learning to live by design will help you thrive within all your spheres of influence. Today, Dr. Tim Philston will share a message about Seasons of Detour as part of our Seasons sermon series. An old joke says that when you get to the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hang on. For people of faith, that knot is the sovereignty of God Paul reminds us that although not all things are good, God can work all things to the good. But where is God's sovereignty when your decisions or circumstances take your life on a serious detour? Let us consider how the will of God is at work even when we work against His will. Well, we're always in a season, so name it. This morning we're going to name it The Season of Detour. There's a fellow named William Least Heat Moon. Kind of crazy name, but that's his name, William Moon, who in the late 70s early 80s lost within a period of a month lost his marriage and lost his job and lost his faith in humanity. And he decided to take a trip. He decided to take a 13,000-mile trip across the United States over a three-month period along what used to be called the Blue Highways. The Blue Highways are the the highways on the map, you know, back in the days of the triptych. Anybody remember a triptych, right, before there was GPS, before you were following your phone around, you know? there was, uh, AAA would put out a little triptych, and it was a little flip map like this. And and the maps, whether it's on a triptych or whether on a big fold-out map, the maps, secondary roads or tertiary roads, were blue, and the interstates were, you know, red. And so the blue highways represent those old byways of the country where where old country stores uh, still reside, and, and where people might greet you with a handshake. Uh, and what William Moon discovered was his faith in humanity again. Over the course of those three months, meeting people along the blue highways, his, his faith in humanity was restored. And out of this experience, he wrote a book called, you guessed it, Blue Highways. This morning, we're going to look at a detour, a famous detour. I'm relying upon you to remember a good part of this story. It's a familiar story, the story of Jonah. This is a man who took a serious detour, right? He was asked to go to Nineveh, and he decided to go to Tarshish. He was, he was commanded uh, as a prophet of God to take the word of God to the Assyrian people, a people who were living their life apart from God, and he said, uh, no. So God said, go. Jonah said, no. And God said, oh. And so we'll pick up the story uh, at the place where Jonah has, has, has found himself again being confronted by the will of God. As we explore what it means to find God as sovereign, the sovereign Lord, even on the blue highways, even on the big detours of life, the knot at the end of our rope, you know, when you get to the end of the rope, they say, tie a knot and hold on. The knot, the theological knot, even the emotional knot, at the end of your rope is the sovereignty of God. Let's discover the sovereignty of God even on the blue highways of life. hear God's word this morning from Jonah, starting with chapter uh, 3, verse 10, and going through the end. When God saw what they did, that is the Assyrians, and how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. <laughs> this is one pivotal and uh, shocking verse about human nature. Here is Jonah's enemies experiencing the grace of God, and Jonah does not like it. And he was angry. and he <laughs> prayed to the Lord and said, "O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country?" That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be angry? And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? May God bless us this morning through His Word. Let us pray. Father, bless us now to receive your word. Not only within our minds to understand it, but with our hearts to believe it. That through our hands and feet we may live it. In Jesus' name, amen. When you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. That's the sovereignty of God. Why why should we be able to keep our chin up? Why should you keep your chin up on a detour, when, life, when you meet a detour in life, well, let's, let's look at how God is sovereign no matter what road you take. Number one, God is sovereign no matter what road you take. Yet there are still consequences to taking roads that, that sort of work against His will, and there are benefits. Number three, there are benefits when we find it again. Right, God is sovereign no matter what road you take. There are consequences when we work against his will, and there are benefits when we find it. First of all, God is sovereign no matter what road you take. He's sovereign. Jonah was supposed to go to the left. He went to the right. God is yet sovereign. He's sovereign whether whether you're on the, the blue highway or the red highway. He's sovereign whether you wear the red shirt or the blue shirt. Now, you laugh, but there are, I've heard even very recently someone said that, that somebody believed he was faithful because he wouldn't put on a shirt until he felt like it was the will of God. Is this a view of God's sovereignty? Is this a higher view of God's sovereignty? I think not. I think that is too slight a view of God's sovereignty. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that God isn't interested in your affairs down to the last details. Of course he is. But what does this kind of, uh, of stymied decision-making process say about the dynamic nature of God's will and his sovereignty? He is sovereign whether you choose the red shirt or the blue shirt, whether you go to the left or to the right. Right? Now, let me get a little more controversial just to stir things up this morning. I need to get you to think. He's sovereign whether you marry that person or the other one. And some people think there's one right person out there for me. Now, the person you marry is that person. But we have this idolatrous view of romantic love in our culture that if somehow something uh, is amiss, in the first years of marriage that somehow, well, I must have married the wrong person. I didn't find that, that right mythical one. Well, God is in the business of bringing mystical union through his dynamic will and sovereignty. Now, some of you don't like this, I know, but, but, but just think about it for a minute. If, if you marry the wrong person, then that person married the wrong person and the two people you were supposed to marry married the wrong person and they married the wrong person and then you, get, you play dominoes, right? You start that, that domino game and you, know, you used to set it up and do little tricks and go up over the top of the couch and all, it goes all the way around the world. We all married the wrong person and guess what? That's true. We've all married the wrong person, those of you who are married because we're not yet the people that God has called us to be. And through marriage, he's building in you a greater sense of who he is in you. That's a totally reversed view of what marriage is for. Oh, no, it's for my my pleasure and enjoyment. And, And if that's not happening, then I must have, well, I must have chosen the wrong path. I've got to go back to the beginning. Let's start the game over, right? On the contrary, God's will is dynamic, whether you go to the left or the right. Jonah was going to get to Nineveh one way or another, right? He was either going to walk on his feet or God was going to find some other way to get him there, even a fantastical way to get there. Jonah was going to get there one way or another. Well, you say, well, it sounds like it doesn't matter what our our choices are. sounds like you're saying it doesn't really matter what our choices are. God's going to have his way, so who cares? What does it matter? Does it really matter what choice we make if God's will is dynamic? Well, as a matter of fact, it really, really does matter what choices we make because there are consequences when we work against God's will, when we work against the sovereignty of God. Jessica Hahn, do you remember that name? Those of you who are a little older might remember the, the, uh, the, the, the crisis or the controversy, uh, the meltdown of the... PTL Club and Jim Baker. Jessica Hahn was the mistress of Jim Baker. And when that came out, of course, there were many people who were very, very disillusioned uh, because they they couldn't necessarily tell the difference between somebody who was using ministry for for show business versus somebody who is using media for ministry. We have to be discerning. And a lot of people bought into the PTL club. Uh, they bought into it, all right. They bought way into it. And Jessica Hahn is, uh, you know, is the, the mistress that, that brought to light the real character of, that, of, of what was supposed to be a ministry, but was really just a business. And Jessica was quoted as saying this. You know, when I look back on the choices in my life, I really feel, feel a real peace about what I I chose the path that I chose. I feel a real peace about the path that I chose. A real peace. Well, what are we doing there? We're elevating our feelings. What we're doing is we're making an idol of the way I feel about something and then sort of sprinkling some kind of spiritual pixie dust on it and saying, Oh well, I felt really good about it. And so I'm going to equate that with the peace of Christ. We have to be very careful about the way that we assign our decisions to the sovereign will of God. God is sovereign in and all through through all things. But there are consequences. Real consequences. I mean, Jonah was was doing this same kind of justifying in his own mind. He knew the Assyrians were were, uh, were, were working to devalue the northern kingdom of Israel. He knew that the Assyrians were penetrating the northern kingdom. He knew that the Assyrians were were the enemies of the people of God. And so he justified his, his decisions on the basis of what he understood the, 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 the role of the Assyrians to be in the narrative uh, unfolding narrative of God's story. He made his own choices and made his own assignments of value over the Assyrians. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we let other people that we don't even like control our decision-making? Isn't it amazing how, how we may feel like we ought to uh, be obedient to God, but people we don't even respect or like get into our heads. They take up space rent-free, and we, we begin to, to make decisions on the basis of those other people, maybe impressing or pleasing those other people. In this case, you know, Jonah is just simply pleasing himself, but he's making his decision on the basis of the unfaithfulness of the Assyrian people and justifying his decisions, and saying, I have a real peace about it. Well, God is calling him out. God is calling him out. How's that anger working for you, Jonah? Right, does it sound like Dr. Phil? How's that anger working for you, Jonah? You're living in it, you're marinating in it, you're up to your neck, in bitterness, You know, we do this uh, on another level, too. You know, sometimes people ask your advice, but what they're really asking for is your agreement. They ask your advice, but watch out. They really just want you to agree with what they've already decided, okay? I remember someone doing this one time when they, they, they took some expressions that they felt like uh, were from God. Uh, One of them uh, was actually from Poor Richard's Almanac, uh, Ben Franklin. God helps those who help themselves. Don't you believe that, Tim? Mm, I was young, and I, of course, answered, no, I don't. (laughs) I might have said, well, you know, today I might say, well, what do you think about that? Where do you get that? It's better to lead with questions. And I learned the hard way, and this person was very offended, that I didn't agree that, um, that God doesn't put on you more than... You can handle, right? I didn't agree with that statement. I don't. I think that's a twisting of of Scripture in of Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. Uh, that God won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle without providing a way out. But see, we we develop these little pet uh, these little pet rocks of of what we think Scripture is saying, and and sometimes we we decide that that we'd rather have our own will than the will of God and see their consequences to that. And sometimes we twist Scripture and then, and then we ask other people uh, what they think and what we're really looking for is not advice but agreement. And so see there are consequences then. When we take the Scriptures and we look at it like an inkblot and say, well, I'm, I'm going to look at it this way, I'm going to put this kind of spin on it because it kind of fits with the way that I already want to go there will be consequences. And so you say to him, well, I, I know that all too well. In fact, I'm on a detour, I've been met with detours, maybe my life feels like one big detour, right? So where is the sovereignty of God on this path? You know, I feel like I've taken, made a big mistake. Even in some of the things you mentioned earlier, I feel like I've made a big mistake. Where am I, where am I supposed to go? Where is the sovereignty of God? On a detour. Well, that's what's so encouraging about the rest of this scripture and what the whole point of this book is really about. The book of Jonah. That there are benefits even on the, the blue highways. When we let God's will catch up again with us. You see, God's will won't take you anywhere that His grace cannot find you. God's will will not allow you to go beyond a place where his grace cannot find you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, God pursues you to the end. He's pursuing the Assyrians to the end of the earth. He's pursuing you to the end of the earth. Don't you see that how on this detour that that Jonah takes, he already knew in his head that God was, what did he say? Gracious, I knew that you were gracious and merciful. Isn't that not what I said when I was in my country? Back to verse uh, two and three. Uh, That's why I flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So I'm going to let sin abound. That, that, I'm, I'm going to let sin increase that grace may abound. But even so, even though he goes to Tarshish, he, he disobeys God, on that detour, what he says he already knew, he finally begins to internalize. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Now look back at, at verse 2. Four, uh, four two I knew that you are gracious and merciful, but did he really know it? You see, on the detour, joseph joseph Jonah comes to really know it personally on a personal level. What he understood about the character of God became a hallmark of his life. You see, Jonah, I think think when Jesus tells his story of the prodigal son, the two sons, I think what what Jesus is doing is describing these two sides of Jonah's nature. Jonah is both the younger son and the older son. Do you see it? He's the the older son who's too proud. He identifies with the nation of Israel. He's not one of those Assyrians, right? He's not one of those pagans. He's the older brother. He's faithful. He's one of God's chosen, right? Chosen frozen, right? But he's also the younger son. Even after he admits that he did not want to be used as a prophet of God for the sake of his enemies... He left the city again. Do you notice that later on? He says, Jonah went out of the city again. So he's leaving the city again, the second time. He's like, I'm out of here, God. He left Nineveh again, and sat in the shade. He is the younger son who runs from God. And yet God's will won't allow you to go beyond where his grace can't find you. He finds him, he finds him there. You see, sometimes we don't understand what, what is God doing to us on these detours? Why does he allow these things to happen? Why does he allow these detours in the first place? Well, don't you see that it's the very freedom of Jonah's will that, that personalizes the will of God? Without the freedom to choose, there is no true identity as a child of God here is Jonah who was claiming his heritage, but he hadn't really identified with God as his true father, yet on detour. God uses the very detour of his life to internalize what would become the hallmark of his life. And so the God who pursues Jonah to the ends of the earth, he Uses that very detour to bring the truth that Jonah in turn brings to the Assyrians. Do you see it? Isn't that amazing? God uses the very detour of Jonah's life to bring home the sovereign will of God, the beneficiary sovereign sovereign will of God, so that Jonah has something to give to the Assyrians. Not just head knowledge about God, but a personal experience with the will of God. That even when life takes a bad turn, God is sovereign. That's what he has to give to the Assyrians. And the joy, not the anger, but the joy that, that, that he brings to them. The joy that he brings to them. shows a transformation. Sometimes some of you who are younger parents will experience this uh, at some point where your child will say, I can't believe you're making me do this or I can't believe you won't let me have this, right? And you're gonna say, you know, if they only knew, sure. If they only understood how much I care for them in asking them to do this thing. They don't have the categories to understand why you're asking them to do that take that responsibility. They don't have the categories to understand or the, the emotional intelligence to understand why you're drawing the line for them because they won't be able to draw lines themselves. Sometime, young parents, you're gonna experience that and you're gonna wanna just say, don't you understand, can you just not understand right now? You know, but God is saying, let me let him, let me let Jonah experience, let me let you experience on your detour some of the pain of your own decision-making. Let me let you experience on your detour how much God pursues you to the end of the earth. You know, there's a, there's a story about, about, uh, called Pilgrim's Progress. If you haven't read it, it's an allegory of the Christian life and Christian who represents you. Uh, and me is uh, has has pursued this path that becomes a detour and he's, it's getting slipperier slipperier more slippery and it's getting uh, muddy and it's getting uh, stormy and the you know the the, the, the thunder clouds are in the lightning and and he's thinking where have i gotten myself and where is God in the middle of all this? And, and I remember reading this the first time and thinking, well, he's gonna, I, I understand where this allegory is going. God's gonna make him turn around. He's gonna restart the game. He's gonna say, okay, let's game over, right? Reset all the pieces, put the pieces back in the back. Let's reshuffle all the deck cards and let's take it back to the very beginning. But that's not what happens. That's not what happens. When Jonah, when, when picture Jonah, but, but when, when, when Christian, the pilgrim, discovers that it's his choices that took him to this place. He drops down on his knees, checks in with God, and God says, keep going, keep going. He brings about his will, even though he took the wrong path. That is so encouraging to me, that God doesn't make you go all the way back to the beginning again. He doesn't say, let's restart the game. He's saying, look, you're on the path up the mountain. Keep going. Keep going. It doesn't take us all the way back down to the bottom of the mountain. The last thing I want to tell you, and then we're done, is is I want to point out to you just how powerful it is that this story is a typology of what Jesus does on the cross and for us. Rather than going to Tarshish, Jesus goes to Nineveh the first time. You see, Jonah is a kind of foil for the Messiah. Jesus so willingly laid down the glory of God, willingly laid it down. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he, he, he discovers and internalizes just how powerfully painful it will be to separate himself from the Father. He lays it down. He lays, his, lays down his life and his will. Again, Jesus says, I, I lay it down of my own free will, my own free will. And what he finds is a peace, a real peace. Now, this is what I want to leave you with, and I want you to think long and hard about this. Is there some bitterness in you because you didn't get what you want? Is there some bitterness in you that's lingering there because something happened you didn't want to happen? Is there some place in your life that didn't turn out as planned and you're still holding on to a a, a part of your will, a self-justifying part of your will that you need to lay down this morning? You see, here's the powerful thing that I've discovered again and again, even if I don't agree with God and especially when I don't. There's no peace apart from his will. There's no peace. There's no true and lasting peace apart. But let's turn it around. You see, there's a promise. God's will won't let you go beyond where his grace can't find you. And so if you're here this morning and there's been some lingering anger or doubt in your mind, would you pray with me? Bow your heads. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, how we thank you. That your grace abounds to the chief of sinners. And we thank you. That even though we don't always understand with uh, agree with what you're doing or understand the, the way that life turns, that Lord, how powerful a witness it is to our own souls that the place we belong is under your sovereign will. This morning, Lord, we lay it down. We name it in our mind's eye, that thing that we're holding on to, that, that part of life that we wish had been different. And we pray, Lord, that you would find us there with your grace in Jesus' name. Amen.